This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. All right, so it's Friday. Had a great, great podcast. Uh, I mean, it wasn't this podcast. It was another podcast. We were listening to it before we did this piece of crap. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think... <laughs> I think you're going to like it. We covered absolutely everything from hookers, hookers, and more hookers uh, with uh, with Hunter. We also had Chip Roy on today. He was on fire. He's great. He and uh, a couple of others, including Mike Lee, are, are actually proposing we get out of the UN and all of the subsidiaries. It is so good. We also talked about, you know, the uh, spending proposals now that are re-upping FISA without any of the chain. I mean, who are these people? Who are these people? We talk about that and so much more. And don't forget, um, right now, this week, uh, this is uh, started today at glenbeckart.com. 50% off everything except for originals. So you can get posters of all the different kinds of art that I have done. Uh, and they make great Christmas gifts, tell great stories of history. You can find all of the art. Remember, there's two collections. You just find it at work, and you go to glenbeckart.com, glenbeckart.com, 50% off uh, until the end of next week. All right. Show today brought to you by Grip6. I love Grip6 because we complain all the time about companies who do things the wrong way, and they do it the right way, and it's important to find the companies that... You know, those that do that and, and support them, not just complain about the ones that do it the wrong way. And Grip6 is great because they are a small company in Utah. They have been, you know, they sell products all, all around the world, but they don't take, get, they don't make the, uh, they don't make the products all around the world. They don't source the products all around the world. They source the products right here in America. And they make great wallets, uh, belts, socks. They even have incredible pickleball stuff. If, you, if you're playing pickleball, you get an awesome pickleball racket. Uh, if you go to grip6.com, they have uh, links to it up there. But check it all out uh, there because honestly, like, it's important to get high quality stuff, great gifts. If you're going to buy Christmas gifts anyway, why not buy it from a company that actually likes the country you live in? I feel like kind that's kind of a crazy uh, idea. The low hurdle to clear, but might as well try it. Might as well try might it. Well try it. Yeah. Grip6.com slash Beck. That's grip6.com slash Beck. Glenbeck program. Jonathan Isaac, he's the uh, NBA basketball player for the Orlando Magic. He's also written a book, Why I Stand. He was he became very popular to people who don't know sports um, during the um, uh, during the COVID uh, debacle uh, because he said no. He is he founded Unitas. Uh, and has now created the first basketball shoe to feature a visible Bible verse. Uh, you can find all of this at weareunitis.com. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the program, Jonathan. By the way, full disclosure, Unitas is a sponsor, I think, of the Blaze. 
So just want to make sure you know that, but I don't really care. It doesn't affect my conversation with Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, Glenn. How you doing? Good. How's your ankle? It's doing better. It's doing better. I appreciate you. I'm, I'm actually uh, on this call with you on my way to practice. Okay, good. Good. So um, what prompted, for people who don't know anything about Unitas, what prompted you to start Unitas? Well, what, what prompted me was first just wanting to see my values represented in the marketplace, right. specifically in the sports and apparel lane. Um, we've got a, a, a plethora of companies today and really just our society at whole. I, I felt are moving away from godly values and principles and also constitutional values and principles. And so it's like, hey, I, I know that millions of people feel the same way I do about what makes a prosperous society, faith, family, freedom, things like that. And um, I wanted to be able to give them something that they can be encouraged by and just feel good about and, and know that the company that they're supporting completely supports and stands for their values, not just behind closed doors, but um, in, the, in, the, in the mainstream media and marketplace. What, what prompted Nike to pull their partnership from you? You know, I don't. <laughs> so I, I don't officially know. Um, a part of it is when, when players get hurt, it's, it's, it's something that happens, right? Back in the bubble, um, after I stood, I got hurt, and it was a pretty serious injury. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's a part of the business. If you can't play, you know, you can't make companies money. And so I wasn't able to play, and so they didn't resign me. Okay. Um, and so you now have introduced Judah One. This is the first basketball shoe to be manufactured with a visible Bible verse in it. Uh, never been done before. Tell me about it. Yeah, so, again, that's just me trying to be authentically myself. And the the sneaker actually came about before the idea of United started. And because I didn't resign with Nike, I actually went to my pastor and I told him, hey, you know, I don't have a shoe company anymore. Just we were, we were just talking casually. And he said, make your own sneaker. And I was like, what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. He said, make your own sneaker. And so I went down the, the line, okay, what would it look like? And then I wanted it to be authentically me. And so I'm like, shoot, we'll put Bible verses on it. My middle name is Judah. We'll call it the Judah one and, and have that. Judah on the side of it, the Lion of Judah. And so um, that's where it started. And then the bigger idea of United came about because it was like, why just create a sneaker for myself? Yeah. Why not give everybody an alternative avenue to stand for their values? And so um, that's where it started. And, and I'm just so glad that it's been released. And honestly, the, the, the support and the, the recognition of it has been absolutely amazing. And so I'm appreciative. So what is the what is the process like to design your own sneaker? So mine, mine was a little different, I'm sure, than most. What I, I remember watching a movie <laughs> a, a while back, and the person had went to a college campus yeah. and um, used the students. And so that's what I did. UCF was right here, and so I was able to connect with their design school, and we turned it into an, an entire assignment for the students, and we were able to pay five of them to come up with designs that we liked and and that's where the first prototype design of the judah one was born and we just ran with it once 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 we got it from them so it's uh, so it but it wasn't just the design it was the design of the actual shoe or is the shoe itself you know far as the way it works or you know on your foot is right it was it was it was just the the flat face design and then we were able to take it to factories and a, and a company called Soulworks to actually turn this into a real sneaker. Unbelievable. Um, so you have not only uh, sneakers, but you also have active wear, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I'm looking at um, weareunitas.com. You've got a great uh, I Stand With Israel t-shirt right on the front. I mean, you are bold, brother. You are bold. 
<laughs> I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. These make great Christmas gifts. Um, how much is the Judah one? The Judah one is $150. Okay. Um, they, they will ship them out uh, ready, to, uh, ready to go for Christmas. You'll find something uh, that is uh, at weareunitas.com. Uh, I, I wanted to get you on because I, I wanted to ask you, I think this is such a remarkable product, um, and I, I just applaud you. You're the first guy to really come in and just say, hey, I'm, I'm doing my own thing, and I'm doing it for God, and I'm doing it because our values are being lost. Uh, I would love to have any of your shoes uh, in our museum. I mean, I can buy the, sh- the, the shoes that are being sold right now, but if you have any of the prototypes, any of the early stuff, I'd like to keep it in our museum because I think this is going to be an important shoe. Absolutely. We, we can make that happen. And I, I appreciate you. I, when you. When you said, you know, you're bold and all these things, I have definitely developed, uh, I would say, quite a bit of callus over the, <laughs> over the years. Just, <laughs> just from the different things. So I'm like, look, this is who I am. I think with the way that our, our country is going, we have to be just authentic and transparent about what it is that we believe in and stand on it. And no, it's not, everybody's not going to agree with it. No, not everybody's going to like it, but there are, there are so many people who need to see somebody stand up for what they believe in to know that it's okay to do it themselves. And I, I guess that's a part of my calling and I just want to, you know, walk it out. You're a, you're a good man. Thank you so much. It's great to have somebody that, um, our kids and even people like me can look up to and say, look at this guy, look at what he's doing. Courage is contagious. And, uh, you are spreading that like crazy. Thank you so much. I appreciate you going to yeah. God be all the glory. Seriously. God bless. Um, we are unitus.com. We are unitus.com. And on the back tab is the Bible verse, which I think is fantastic. And, uh, I think he's coming out with the fourth iteration of the uh judah one there's there's several of them and it's he's coming out with the uh, fourth or the fifth now great christmas gifts we are unitas.com you know him pat i don't follow the nba that closely but i know of him yeah i i've heard nba's of changed so much hasn't yeah it? yeah yeah it's i i don't know I, it's just been a while since i've i've really followed followed it closely but um it's nice. It's really refreshing to see a professional athlete who's in the news because of something positive like that instead of beating up his wife or girlfriend. I or, have to tell you, there's a lot of I think the NFL is changing. I think there's yeah. a lot of guys in the NFL that are really Christ centered and really good and are role, outspoken about it and outspoken about it. Uh, I He's the only one in the NBA that I that I'm aware of, but I, I don't. Obviously, yeah, there could be others. Yeah, follow the NBA at all, but I know he has paid a very, very high price, and I, I hope he is, and this shoe becomes very, very successful. Everybody is like, "Oh, I gotta have a Nike shoe. I gotta have a Nike shoe." Why? Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why is fashion? You know, I, I thought of something the other day that we are, we are truly. Um, We've lost shame in our society. There's no shame. And, and, and that's what I thought. And then a friend of mine said, you know, uh, I don't, I, you know, sometimes I, I, 
my wife will say something if I'm wearing, you know, socks in my my sandals. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, well, she should. But I, it made me think that we are brand shamed. We, If you're not dressed properly, if you're not with the right brand, and that could be from politics to clothing, car, neighborhood, whatever it is, we shame for brands now. Yeah. We don't have personal mm-hmm. shame anymore. And that's one of the big problems with our society. We Shame needs to be returned uh, away from this brand shaming, but actual values, you know, mm-hmm. you're a bad guy. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're ripping people off. You're Hunter Biden. You should be ashamed of yourself. That kind of stuff about Hunter Biden, we're going to get into it next hour. Stuff about Hunter Biden. You know, the 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 average person used to be like, oh, my gosh, I, I can't. I mean, my life is over. Yeah. Now yeah. he becomes more famous and more popular. Sells his art for more money. Well, that's only because daddy's yeah, president. Well, there is that. There is <laughs> yeah, that. access. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. And we really want to thank you for listening. If Chip Roy coming up, hopefully in a couple of minutes here. Uh, Chip is uh, the representative from the great state of Texas. Uh, he and Mike Lee and who was the third one from uh, from I think it was Alabama, wasn't it? Pat Tommy Tuberville. No, 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 it's not him. Tuberville. I tell you, I think that guy is a hero for what he's done. Um, I I think all of the stuff that he has, uh, you know, done to stop abortion and everything else. And he's just been raked over the coals by um, the wonderful GOP Uh, makes me sick, makes me really sick. Uh, so they, they came out yesterday and they want to put an end and defund, uh, the United Nations and all of its subsidiaries. So the WHO and everything else would be a thing of the past. And Mike Lee's part of that. Did you already mention? Yeah. 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 And I, uh, and uh, so good. it would be really good. Don't know, you know, how they're going to make this case and win. But I'm glad somebody's at least making this case. There's so much going on here right before the end of the year. We have Chip Roy on with us now. Hi, Chip. How are you? Hey, Glenn. How are you? I have a lot of stuff to ask you about. That uh, First of all, let's start with the UN. Uh, what prompted this from you guys? And uh, what is the plan? <laughs> Well, first of all, it's not a new concept, obviously, for those of us who hated the United Nations for a long time and believe that it's a colossal waste of money. Twelve and a half billion dollars of American both tax dollars and borrowed money that's gone to the U.N. as recent as 2021. Okay, in one year, Uh, Mike Lee and I were talking about this, so disgusted about what we've seen at the United Nations, their ridiculousness in terms of how they've treated Israel, voting not to condemn Hamas their ridiculousness of funding Hamas through UNRWA, which is, you know, done in the name of refugees, but ends up funding 
uh, right. terrorist entities like Hamas. Uh, you know, their human rights uh, council, which is a complete sham. They put all of the worst human rights violators on it, uh, funding the, you know, China uh, one child policy. I mean, you can't even begin to do it. And then you just saw the article yesterday that Mike Lee tweeted out. Mm. Mike and I, you know, he introduced the Senate version. I introduced the House version to totally just defund the United Nations like get out. And uh, Mike tweeted out a picture of an article about how all of these U.N. workers have been raping children in Africa and other places around the world. And look, it's just a organization devoid of soul. Uh, they don't believe in Western civilization. They are not our friend. Why do we fund it? It's just a joke and we shouldn't. Is this something that you think could gain traction and win? Well, I mean, not in the instant. I think we need to get really serious about it. I will say, OK, to the credit of the House, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, you know, vicious in my condemnation of the failures of House Republicans. But in fairness, right, we're dealing with frickin the, a, a recalcitrant Senate that doesn't want to do anything in a White House that's com- not just incompetent, but evil. We passed appropriations bills at our state and foreign operations that would have defunded a lot. Not all of it. It wasn't perfect, but it defunded a lot of these terrible things like UNRWA, like the Chinese policy. Um, uh, Mario Diaz-Ballard in Florida, he worked with us on that. But it's jammed. It's just sitting in the Senate, right? The Senate won't do anything with it. So we introduced this bill as a standalone, basically to kind of one up it all and and send a message that you have serious members of the Senate and the House saying, wait a minute, we should not be sending twelve and a half billion dollars to the United Nations. So, you know, we'll have to keep working the issue. But I know you agree and I know your listeners agree. Okay. so the next thing is the spending bills uh, and the fact that this defense bill, first of all, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was yesterday that uh, Lloyd Austin said, if you fail to pass this Ukraine aid bill, U.S. troops on the ground in Ukraine are likely. What kind of threat is that? Yeah, so let's let's take them in order, right? You're talking about the supplemental spending bill at the moment, right? That includes in the, on the Democrat side, right? Because the president put it forward. It has a massive amount of spending, over $100 billion, uh, $60 billion additional funding for Ukraine. Uh, I think it's 10 or $15 billion of additional spending at the border, which would just be used to process more people, not change the policies. More spending for Taiwan, more spending uh, generally. And so we would oppose that. And yes, uh, in a briefing the other day, the secretary alluded to, uh, you know, saying, you know, if you guys don't do this, you know, effectively, we're going to be committing American troops to war. Now, if you're being less cynical, you'd say his position is that if we don't push back on Putin now, we'll get drawn into a war that involves our men and women in uniform. To which my response is, no, if you keep carrying out your incompetent policies, where you refuse to promote American energy, where you refuse to actually sanction, for example, Iran, you allow Iran to provide oil to China, you take all of the positions that are empowering our enemies, then you say we need to fund a proxy war to stop those enemies, or you're going to send our, our men and women to war. And oh, by the way, they wanted to draft your daughters, which I proudly stood up and stopped. That's the truth of this administration. So we're going to stand up and stand athwart that, at least conservatives are. And I hope uh, Mike Johnson will keep doing what he's been doing. I mean, I, I'm critical when I'm critical, but I'm complimentary when I'm complimentary. 
Mike has sent a strong message that we will not even remotely consider Ukraine funding until the border is secure. I hope he sticks to that. Um, I don't, I, you know, I think we need to question Ukraine spending generally, but I know for certain we shouldn't even mention the word until the border of the United States is secure. I agree. Uh, how's he doing, by the way, so far, Johnson? Well, Mike, as you know, is a very good friend. He's a very good man. Uh, on that point, he's done, I think, a great job on sending over Israel immediately, first day on the job, uh, and that next week, you know, funded uh, with taking money out of the IRS expansion. I think he did a great job. Look, I think he needs to not give in to the pressures of the swamp. The swamp uh, makes... Uh, they, they work on the uh, addiction of pressure. Oh, my God, if you don't pass FISA uh, uh, by, Jan- by December 31st, the world's going to end. Right. And suddenly people are going to end up, we're all going to die. That's how the swamp works. He should, he should resist that. This National Defense Authorization Act, which is a terrible bill, it's not the House bill, which fixed the abortion transgender, uh, I'm sorry, the abortion tourism, it fixed transgender surgeries, it fixed the DEI and woke stuff. It fixed some of the climate change stuff. That was it all thrown stuff. out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Most of that, like 90% of that was thrown out. So the defense bill is bad on its face. <clears throat> then, now they want to add FISA extension, which, Glenn, for your listeners, means using backdoor foreign uh, uh, intelligence to go after American citizens. We want to end that. We passed a good bill in the Judiciary Committee to end that. But unfortunately, Mike has agreed with Senate Democrats to put a, quote, short-term extension of the existing bill, which allows the, the spying, until April. And that would actually last until the spring of 25. We oppose it. All of your listeners should tell every single one of your members of Congress and senators to oppose the NDAA that has FISA on it, because if we vote on it next week, we need at least 150 Republicans to stand up and block that bill. Jeez, do you have 150? Well, we also may get some Democrats, so it may be a little bit fewer, but I want uh, as many Republicans as we can get, uh, and, and depending on how many Democrats we get to block it. But they're going to try to pass it on what we call suspension of the rules, which means you need 200 and roughly 90 votes. So we need, oh. you know, 140 or so of both Republicans and Democrats to kill it. So we want to get as many Republicans as possible to say, we're not going to jam through a 3,000-page, watered-down, crappy defense authorization that continues the wokeification of the military instead of a mission-first military, you know, driving down morale, driving down recruiting, and then, oh, by the way, continue the FISA spying regime, which has been abusing power to spy on Americans. We should stop that. We have conservatives that have good bills. We're advancing. We just passed it out of the Judiciary Committee on a bipartisan basis. That is what we should be advancing over to the Senate. Tell me about Tommy Tuberville, because I I think he's a hero. He stood and stood and stood and stood, and damn near no Republicans uh, stood with him. Uh, And uh, he was, I mean, he was just been bashed and bashed, and he finally said, okay, tell me what happened here. Well, uh, Coach Tuberville, Senator Tuberville, is a good man. I've got to know him well. Um, funny enough, his legislative director is a very good friend of mine and my roommate when I'm in D.C. Um, look, Coach Tuberville is uh, someone who stood up on the side of life, like he said he would do, unlike a lot of Republicans uh, that run on being pro-life, and then when the, you know, the battle faces them, they run away. 
right? I mean, the other senator from Alabama touts herself as being Miss Pro-Life. But did she go down and support Coach Tuberville? No. A whole bunch of other senators. I go through a list that didn't stand up. Mike Lee was down there. God bless him. Roger Marshall went down there. But not that many went down and supported Coach Tuberville when he went to the floor and would object. And by the way, Glenn, all he was saying was we should vote on these confirmations in the Defense Department. That's it. That's all he was demanding. And making us do that because he said, guys, if you're going to continue to advance an unlawful policy to have taxpayers fund abortion tourism at the Department of Defense, I'm going to make you do the work of getting these things done through votes. I'm sorry that he backed down last week. I wish he'd have held firm a little longer. This is the same issue that is in the National Defense Authorization Act. We fixed it in the House. We should force the Senate to address it. But we, but instead, Republicans are about, if we don't stop them, Republicans are going to move a defense bill that does not address the abortion issue, that does not address transgender surgeries, that does not address climate change, that does not sufficiently address diversity, equity, inclusion garbage, that does not sufficiently restore people that lost their jobs for COVID, and adds FISA spy, spying extension. In what world should we do that? Coach Duberfield did a great job. We should finish the job now. Um, I've got about 70 seconds here for this answer. The Hunter Biden indictment. Is it going anywhere? Also, the um, the uh, impeachment. Is it going anywhere? On Tuesday in the House Rules Committee, we will be taking up and I serve on the Rules Committee a impeachment inquiry. Uh, vote, which we intend to take to the floor, and I hope and believe will pass off the House floor. Now, we have a couple of members who are still a little wishy-washy, but we hope to get it there. If we can do that, that's the additional tools that we need to get more information and force the Biden administration to stop their obstruction, that's what it is, of our seeking the truth. And what we all know is that that money flowing through Hunter was flowing through Hunter to Joe Biden, we believe, well, we've got to go you know, get more information. But certainly in a conspiracy with Joe Biden, while enriching his son, using foreign actors to do it to the detriment of our national security and well-being. And so Hunter, of course, now you asked about the indictments, the uh, indictments that were uh, brought down yesterday. They seem fairly significant uh, with respect to the tax laws that were violated. He was writing off hookers. He was writing off sex clubs. He was writing off. I mean, any number of things you can't do. And so I haven't studied the indictments. I've looked at the summaries. They seem to be significant. But remember, they walked away and they let the, they let the uh, statute of limitations run on some very, very significant tax violations from 2014 and 15 when Biden was vice president. We believe that was intentional. We want to seek the truth on that. So we're going to keep running as, as much as we can with the tools we have. Jamie Comer and Jim Jordan have done a good job. I hope every Republican will support this inquiry that we vote out on Tuesday. I have to tell you, um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the, the, the handful of people that are around you and Mike Lee and others that are actually moving the ball or trying to. I appreciate every day you guys are in that cesspool so we don't have to be. Thank you for everything. Well, Glenn, well, we can't do it without you. Merry Christmas to all your listeners. Maybe I'll talk to you before Christmas, but I'm not going to stop. I barely have a voice right now, but I don't give a damn. Um, we got to save this country for our kids, Glenn. Those, those men that sat in the foxholes in Bastogne in 1944, freezing to death so that we could live free, we shouldn't adjourn next week if we haven't done our dang job. That's my position. You call any time you need anything next week. Any time you Thanks. just call in. Thank you so much, Chip. 
Appreciate it. Thanks, Glenn. You're listening to the best of Glenn Beck. Need a little more? Check out the full show podcast. Well, welcome to the uh, program. Uh, let's say hello to our executive producer, uh, Stu Bergier. Hello, Stu. How are you? Glenn, how are you? Ah, I'm great. I'm great. There's a couple of things um, that I um, I want to share. Um, you know, I've been uh, suffering. You know, I have macular degeneration in one eye and macular dystrophy in the other eye. They say that's rare. And I said, of course. <laughs> I'm special. Hello. Do they cancel each other out? <laughs> they, so no, unfortunately, they, no, unfortunately, they no. don't. It's a race to the blindness. <laughs> um, but I've had this for a while now, and my eyes have been stable. I'm very, very blessed. Um, however, uh, about a month ago, something started happening with my left eye, and uh, I have you know floaters, and it's blurry in one eye, and it's 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 nasty. I hate it. Um, and so I finally got into a doctor and yesterday they were um, talking to me about it. And she said, did you see lightning strikes when this happened? And I said, oh, yeah, matter of fact, I did. I said, I closed my eyes or even open, but I closed my eyes. It was at night, I remember. And I saw just light. It was like, it was weird. And she said, yeah, let's go in and take some more pictures of your eye. Apparently, when you get to be a certain age, over 12, I think, um, you know, the jelly. Now, I'm going to get very technical here. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. you are a doctor. I am a doctor. Please don't talk over so, our heads. I know, I know, I know. So any, you know, ophthalmologist or anybody who knows anything about that, Rand Paul, sorry, okay, <laughs> but I'm going to get technical here. So, you know, our eyes have like jelly in them. Oh, okay. okay yeah. Not the jelly eyes. Yeah. It's not pres- it, preserves. It's not preserves. Okay. It's not jam. Mm-hmm. It's just pure jelly. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and so when you get you know over twelve, the the jelly can pull away from the eye from the you know the membrane, uh, and when that happens, sometimes that that will detach your retina. Okay. Okay. And so I was like, "That sounds bad." Now I'm not a doctor. No, you're not a doctor. Sounds Sounds bad. bad. Yeah. Yeah. And so she said, "Let's go back and take some pictures." And uh, she didn't tell me about the detached retina thing yet. And uh, I said, "Oh, okay." So we went back, and then she looked at me and she said, "This is good news." And I said, "Is it really?" And she said, "Yeah, because it didn't pull any of the retina, so you didn't detach, and you go blind from detached retina." Yeah, yeah. that sounds really, awful. really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, here's the incredible part. So I said, "Well, is this ever going to heal?" And she said, "No, it'll no, but come see me about a month. It should be gone." And I said, "I thought you said it didn't heal." And she said, "No, this is how incredible the Amer- the uh, the body is." She said, your brain will just get used to it and start filling in the missing information. That's incredible. Incredible. Just incredible. That's what they say a lot of peripheral vision is. It is. Like you're, you don't actually see it. No. Your body just, like, your mind takes it in and then recreates it as you're yes. looking in other directions. I mean, that's yes. insanity. And for it to be as fly, think about how many hallucinations uh, AI has. Think about all of the pictures that are like, well, that's not quite right. Have you ever looked at, have you ever f- had your peripheral vision or anything and went, oh, it's not really a tree on the side of my head. You know what I mean? Mm. It's it, it's accurate. How can people think that there's not a God? 
I mean, it's just the, the human body is just amazing. It really just is. Amazing. And yeah. and look, the thing that's and one of the reasons why, Glenn, you and I take such good care of ours. Yes. We, we just we keep at peak physical condition. You going to eat, eat that Snickers over there? Damn right, I'm going to eat okay, that Snickers. All right, go mm-hmm. ahead. Anyway, what were you saying? Nothing. I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, last night, if you can't share, oh, it's not so, right. So anyway. Um, it smells so good. <laughs> last night, uh, Rafe came home, and uh, and we decided to go see a, uh, could you just eat it? Okay. Just eat it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we went to see Godzilla minus one. You know anything about it? I've heard it's actually pretty good. Is this true? It is incredible. Really? It is incredible. Rafe and I are big King Kong Godzilla fans, you know, and we've watched all the Japanese movies, which I hate. I hate the Japanese movies, but, you know, I watched them with him. Uh, And so this one comes out and it's all in Japanese. So it's subtitled strike one. But I kind of take away half the strike because they didn't dub it. You know, it's not like their lips are moving and then you're like, and we should run. It's Godzilla. Uh, so you're hearing only Japanese. You're only hearing Japanese. Okay. I yeah. mean, I th- this, look, uh, there uh, might be an art house film. I pulled the trigger on for this in the right scenario. But to see a Godzilla film with subti- subtitles like that. This is worth it. Okay. This is really, really worth it. Yeah. So it's the original score, but all redone. It's done, I think, by the by the original company or something that made the original. So it's very true to the originals, except it's done well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like um, it doesn't look like a puppet. Like Godzilla no, doesn't look no, like a puppet. You can't see the but strings it, coming no, out of the tail. No, no but okay. it looks like the same Godzilla. Okay, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like the modern dinosaur Godzilla. It looks like the the original Godzilla. It's mm-hmm. just not a guy in a big costume. Okay, okay. Is it CGI? I mean, are they go yeah, it's CGI. Like fully produced. Yeah, fully okay. produced CGI. Um, and uh, it's so different because it's Japanese, and the story starts in World War II. With a kamikaze pilot who is afraid to die. So he lands on this little island uh, where, you know, the plane, he's like, something's wrong with my plane. You have to fix it. And Godzilla shows up for the first time. This is the big, this is at the end of World War II. And so it's, it's the origin story, if you will, of Godzilla and has the you know has him stomping on the power lines and eating the train cars and all oh, wow. of the stuff from the original hmm. except it's uh except it's done really well the storyline is so good the story of this kamikaze pilot who the war really never ends for him because you know it was shame he was supposed to kill himself he was a kamikaze pilot how did you live and so the shame that he lives with, and then he becomes a coward again when Godzilla first shows up and everybody on the island except one guy and him uh, die. Hmm. And, I, I, it's a little weird from an American perspective to get the kamikaze pilot oh, as the hero. No, it's weird. It is weird. <laughs> it's and, little, and that's, why it's, that's why it's so good. And the, they, they recognize that... Um, 
because they, they say at one point, our culture has been a culture of death where we didn't care about life and we're not like that anymore. So there it shows some of the tr- change, mm. um, but it, it is so good. And there is this the cutest little girl, <laughs> this little Asian baby that grows up into a girl by, by the end of the movies. I don't know, about six or seven. She is so cute. She will just steal. She just steals really? every scene. Mm. Um, and when he, this all at the beginning, when he goes back to his home and everybody's dead and there's nothing left and you see him in that area for two or three years, you'll understand the devastation in Japan Unlike you've ever seen before. We've so all actually s- getting a historical lesson in a way from in from a way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just such a different look at almost everything. And the 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 story of the characters, it's just it's just so good. Mm. So good. Oh, wow. And a great, great ending. Ah, great I, ending. I got to check it out. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Now, you don't like superhero movies. I don't consider Godzilla a superhero movie, though. Well, this one is not like God. You know how Godzilla is like, oh, maybe we should hug him at the end. You know? Yeah. Well, Where you're really, like, the, oh, the recent really, ones haven't been like that, though. They, he's really kind of a good guy. No, he's not. Oh, and this one, he's not. Oh, no, he's yeah, not. Yeah, Godzilla seems to always kind of turn around and then at the, the last minute, like, kill Mothra and yeah. save Yeah, the, save the city. humanity. Yeah, he, no. This one, this one is what I think Godzilla would be like. Well, see, I feel like the real story of Godzilla is 1967's Son of Godzilla. Oh, I haven't heard of yeah, Son of Godzilla. Yeah, that's the one I, yeah. I feel like is the real one. Uh-huh. I mean, I, if you haven't seen it, I can give you the tagline. Sure. And you can just sure, t- tell yeah. me if you're interested okay. in it. Okay, right. This is the real tagline for the movie. Have you ever seen a monster hatched from a monster egg? No? You will. <laughs> that's the whole tagline <laughs> Who would go see? Uh, that's great you ever yeah. see a mo- hey there's gonna be an egg hatching at some yeah. point a monster's gonna come out so that's that's in the movie have you heard mm. have you heard uh about the movie iss international space station i've not saw the preview for this before godzilla oh my gosh it looks great mm. it is the international space station with americans and russians in the you know they join and they're working together and everything's going well and then they look down one of them is looking out of the window uh, to earth and they see a nuclear explosion and then and the whole world is on fire and they can't raise anybody but then finally this is what was in the trailer finally they do and they say you must take over the ISS by any means possible. Take it from the Russians. And they're like, well, we're scientists. We're not soldiers. We don't have any weapons or anything up here. And then one of them says, if we're being told this, they're being told this. And so you just see all these scenes where the world is on fire below them. Oh, my gosh. And they're fighting in space. It looks fantastic. I'm all in. That's even better than seeing a monster egg get hatched and a monster comes out. I don't know. I've never seen one. I've never seen. The reason why I said that is because Alien said they'll never hear you scream in space. And uh, this tagline was uh, apparently 
someone can hear you scream in space. Some, something like that. Oh, wow. So yeah. kind of a, re- a reworking of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was, uh, you, you bring up the uh, ISS. Yeah, I was, I've been reading this Elon Musk book. The, yeah, me uh, too. The Isaacson book. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It is good. You know, you, it, I go back and forth on him all the time. I'm very mixed on Elon Musk. I, some things I really like about him, some things, eh, not so much. Yeah. Um, but. He, You'll understand him better than you, you ever have. Yes. Yeah. It's a really, it's worth, and it's worthwhile. And if you have Spotify, if you're on Spotify, you can get the book for free. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's long, but it's worth your time. I think yeah. if you want to understand him. But one of the parts they talk about is how we went. We just gave up sending people to the uh, International Space Station uh, with our own machinery. We just were like hitching rides with the Russians. And I remember that sort of, but kind of forgotten it. And and what I loved about the story was the first time we started doing that again was a private company. A private company was able to send a person to the International Space Station. Now many We were hitching rides with the Russians. The Russians. I mean, how embarrassing is that? Mm -hmm. After and, and God only knows what it would be like today. <laughs> Probably uh, it wouldn't be so pleasant. Uh, but I mean, the fact that we had a private company able to rise up. What a great American story. I mean, it really is incredible. He all you is, need to do is be the richest man in the world. You can pull this stuff off all the time, Glenn. Get a couple hundred <laughs> okay, billion it. dollars and it's cake. Na, 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 na. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. <laughs> 